Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bonus time on the Ben Jarofsky Show as I speak. It's Thursday, April 15th, 2021. Tax day! Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. I haven't filled out my taxes. Uh, don't no, tell they the moved it. They moved oh, it. They moved That's correct. All right, my... Uh, my guest is speaking before his turn. Uh, as I do at all Ben Jarofsky bonus shows, I read the headline. Just to give you a sense of what's in the news. It is time to end the forever war. New York Times headline. Thank you, President Biden. We'll see if he actually does pull out the troops from Afghanistan. Um, anyway, we won't be talking about uh, the Afghanistan war. Instead, we'll be talking movies, movies, movies. I've been promoting this show all week. Uh, eagerly looking forward to it. One of my uh, favorite guests is with me. And so without further ado, I'll ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself. Take it away, distinguished guest. Sorry, I'm looking behind me. You talking to somebody else? Okay, distinguished. <laughs> that threw me off. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Sergio Mims, and I am a critic, a film journalist. I'm the um, uh, Blu-ray commentator. Uh, and of course, I am the... Uh, co-director and the um, co-programmer of the Black Harvest Film Festival, which this year will be celebrated if, believe it or not, 27th year. 27 mm. consecutive years. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Mims is also a regular guest on the show. We talk a lot of movies. We also talk politics. Uh, he's multi-talented. Uh, he could talk a little politics. We're not going to do the political talk now because what we're going to do in this show, our second annual, I think this is our second one, we're going to break down the Academy Award nominations. Uh, Sergio will tell you which movie he thinks should win and um, which movie will win, the difference being the will win is the one you should take to Vegas when you make your bets because uh, Sergio is just absolutely sure he'll be correct. Uh, before we do that, a couple, before we get to the, the Academy Awards, just a couple of updates. Uh, we'll start 
with the Twitter update. Uh, Sergio, uh, when he talks politics, lets it be known. He's a troublemaker on Twitter. He's been kicked off Twitter at least once that I can think of. I may be forgetting a time. Did you tell me you got kicked off again? Are you in trouble again, Sergio? No, 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 no. I, I, I'm, I, I got into a little trouble with some people over some comments I made about somebody in the last okay. few days. Um, well, you heard the controversy over one of the founders of the um, Black Lives Matter movement. Colors is her name. You've heard about yes. this? Yeah, oh, yes. She lives in a mansion or something. Mm -hmm. She brought four or five homes for millions of dollars um, in California and in uh, Georgia. Matter of fact, mm -hmm. the uh, house in Georgia has its own private airstrip. Um, where did the money come from? You know, um, the New York chapter of the Black Lives Matter movement wants an investigation. Uh, the Los Angeles chapter of Black Lives Matter a couple months ago sued the national organization claiming they haven't gotten a dime from them. Uh, the organ national organization has raised over $90 million. But Colors claims that she hasn't made a cent in two years. Where's the money coming from? And what ticks me off about this mm -hmm. is that um, I was never a, a, a fan of the organization. I'm talking about the national organization. This is an example of profiting over dead black bodies. This is what's going on here. And it should enrage people. Um, too much of it is going on. And, um, but, but then what made it even worse was that this same woman, Colors, uh, posted a video mm. uh, in which she says there was some kind of online dance party she wanted to have on online, on Twitter, on Facebook, to um, end white supremacy by doing the electric slide. And I'm mm. like, how... <laughs> Does dancing the electric slide ends white supremacy? I don't. Is she gaslighting us? You know, you know, is she gaslighting us? And now we have the situation that happened now in Minnesota another young black man killed by a policeman. What's she gonna do? Buy another house? <laughs> Did you tweet that out? No, I said worse. <laughs> All right, well, uh... I said worse. All right, Twitter. That's what he says on Twitter. He doesn't say that in a Ben Jarofsky. When he comes on this show, he's very civilized. And he shows his Hyde Park roots. Born and raised in Hyde Park. A proud graduate <laughs> of Canada. That's not how they talk in Hyde Park. It's like drinking from a teacup with the little finger out. Okay? That's how they do with it. A little Hyde pinky Park. extended out? Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The man is from the South Side. You can take the man out of the South Side, but you can't take the South Side out of the man. That's right. Yes. Uh, all right, and so finally, any updates for Black Harvest? Well, the, the dates are, okay, this is the situation. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Black Harvest is always usually in, in August, all right? Mm -hmm. And because of the situation last month, by the way, did you get your shots? Yes. Okay, I got mine too, Johnson & Johnson. Uh-oh. So... <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh oh, indeed. So much for meeting at the pancake house. Like our what? big plan. Remember, we were supposed what to meet you, me, and Monroe. We're going to meet it. Yeah. You said people are dying? What? Who? What? Yeah, I know. So, um, uh, I lost my train of thought now. Um, Black Harvest. Oh, okay, Film so Festival. Black Harvest. Um, okay, so last year, because of the situation, um, we pushed back the festival to November, and it was um, streaming only, right? Yeah. So this year, we had a decision. Do we move it back to August, as usual? Okay, let me explain that we want to be back in the theater, at the Gene Sisko Theater. Yeah. It went great streaming, but... You know, people want to be in the theater. They want the interaction with everybody else. They want the receptions. They want to eat the food. You're like, you know, so uh, you've been there. You know what it's like. Okay. It's a fun time. Yeah. Okay. So um, the deal is that if we had it in August, we weren't 100% sure if we'd be able to have the festival in the theater if it was in August. Maybe we could, maybe we couldn't, but we're definitely, but we were definitely set. We definitely felt that for sure we could do it in the theater in November later this year. So we have decided to once again have the theater, sorry, have the festival in November, but in the theater. And then next year it'll be back in August. So the dates are November 4th to December 2nd. For Black Harvest this year. All right. Uh, we're looking at movies now. Move, movies are coming in. We're looking at films. Uh, we always do an anniversary screening. And um, uh, since um, this is uh, 20, uh, 2021, what movie came out in 1991? Do you remember? Several black films came out that year. Several, Quite, quite a number of black films came out that year. Oh, uh, was Malcolm X 1991? No, it's 1992. Sure was. Yeah. Okay. No, but you're getting uh, well, warm. Okay. You're getting warm. Well, another Spike Lee yeah. movie. Jungle Fever. Oh, okay. You're going to have Wesley Snipes? We're, we hope. Okay. I just threw that out there. We hope. That Wesley Snipes, uh, I mean, we're going on a tangent here because we're going to get back to the Oscars, but Wesley Snipes in his last two movies has shown me some uh, comic props that... Sergio, I didn't know he had in Coming to America. No, you're not a huge fan of it. Coming to America, the remake. Wesley Snipes, I thought it was really funny. I thought he was funny in that. Uh, but Dolomite, I thought he stole the movie as the, uh, yeah, the director, yeah. the great artist, uh, the auteur. <laughs> I just thought he killed it. So, uh, man, my fingers are crossed. Um, so the idea, the, the the idea is is to do it. Um, you know, w- w- the, you'll be informed more about it, but to have you know Wesley and and Spike in person, and maybe cross wow. your fingers, Halle Berry, just because she's Halle Berry. So, yeah. um, the place will be packed. Let's hope. Let's hope everyone has their shots. Because the place will be packed if you get Wesley Snipes, Spike Lee, and Holly. You need just get Wesley, Sp- uh, Wesley Snipes, and and Spike Lee. The place will be packed. Uh, 
And, oh, yeah. and of course, the way it works, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is that so I call them the old timer shows. They bring back the movies 25 years, 30 years, what have you. Uh, and there's always a person related to the movie, either an actor, the writer, the director. Uh, and then Sergio interviews them after the movie. And it's really an amazing thing to watch. I'm older generally by at least 15 years to 20 years from the people whose generation is at that moment. Um, I'm trying to, I just blanked in the movie. It was like all these 40 something year old people in the movie theater. Uh, they're crying, love Jones. And they were just like, so that was their movie of their moment of the night. And I was already like pushing 40 when love Jones came out, you know? Uh, so I get a kick out of watching people in their forties remin. Oh, they're nostalgia. And, and Sergio interviewed the stars of the movie or the director of the movie. And, well, the director uh, and then you turn it over to the audience. Yes. Who did, uh, the guy was, you know, and then we did, um, young director. Um, we did, um, um, fear the black hat, rusty Cundiff. Yeah. Uh, uh and, uh, and then, the last uh, one the may last have been we did, uh, Crooklyn. We did Crooklyn. Right with Joe uh, mm. Jolly and uh, Zelda Harris, mm. from the, and that was that was the best we've done. That was fantastic. That was absolutely fantastic. No, that was awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah, how can you top that? Well, you know, Spike. We've we've never had Spike at the festival. We've always tr tried in the past to try to get him. Um, so um, you know, like the thirtieth anniversary of Jungle Fever is the thirtieth anniversary. Yeah, the thirtieth anniversary of Jungle Fever. So, yeah. um, time flies. So, um, yeah, you know, that's that's the um, that's the plan for this year. And it's always on closing night, it's always the last film on closing yeah. night. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and we'll be doing some, uh, we'll definitely do at least one show, uh, that'll highlight some of the movies that'll be, uh, the, the great documentaries. And the reader, by the way, I'm very proud of this. The reader, uh, is sort of a sponsor of in its own way of Black Harvest Film Festival. They threw a party. Uh, I think it was the Sly and the Family Stone was movie. It, that one? it was yeah. a great documentary. Yeah, you, you did throw a party. Uh, right. and, the, and there was a dance party that <laughs> uh, after the festival. And, or, uh, it was and just, you it was know, the, fest, uh, the film center is, is reopening soon. Mm -hmm. um, it's reopening soon. And uh, I can't give you a date. I, I think I, I know when, but is it, they they can't I, I, they have not officially announced it yet, so they are reopening soon. So um, fingers crossed, things will be you know normal or as close to normal as normal can be by November of this year. All right, let's move on and talk about uh, the Academy Awards. They're coming up in two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, this will give everybody an opportunity. Uh, to uh, get their money down in Vegas, put your bets down. I'm an old, I'm a reformed gambler. I don't gamble anymore, but back in the day, I would have taken Sergio's advice and run, run, run to my local uh, book <laughs> bookie and make my bets. So we're going to go best actor, best supporting actor, actress and supporting actress and close with best picture. All right, so we're starting okay. with uh, best actor. Right now. Yeah, let me just say something right now go. about the Oscars, okay? Like I got to say, I don't care. Who cares about the Oscars this year? We're going to talk about it. But who cares this year? Uh, you know, the film business has been, um, last year, um, you know, there were no movies. Um, theaters were closed, as you just heard. Uh, the Arclight and the um, Cinerama Dome 
Cool. Even though I've heard of today, there may be a buyer. There's rumor of a buyer for the ArcLight chain. For and, the ArcLight? Yeah, and for mm -hmm. the um, for the Cinerama Dome, which is a great theater. The, uh, the, I've been to the Cinerama Dome a few times. Terrific movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's iconic. It's iconic theater. Yeah. Uh, I heard a rumor that another chain may buy it. That's the rumor I just heard as of an hour ago. Um, but then the Navy. Well, I hope so because I. Yeah. And you know the Navy Pier IMAX closed like two weeks ago, mm. and that's like oh that's a hit. But then again, um, the the the, uh, the Navy Pier has been closed. I mean, has anybody gone to Navy Pier in the last yeah. year? Um, so uh, can I tell this before we get the Oscars? Can, can I tell you something? Okay. I, like you, I haven't really traveled around a lot, okay? You go to the grocery mm -hmm. store, you know, maybe I've been to the library. You know, I haven't been around. So, uh, like two weeks ago, it was a weekend. It was a nice day. I went up to Reckless Records on Belmont, okay? So I mm, decided... Okay. You know what? I, I mean, I've been on the subway, but I haven't really been on a lot of buses. So you know what? I'm going to take the bus downtown, going down Clark Street. I haven't been down Clark Street or on Broadway in a year. And I'm telling you, this was a Saturday, about 11 o'clock. It was like as if nothing had happened. There were people everywhere. Mm. There were... <laughs> People yeah. in restaurants, people sitting outside restaurants. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. How you doing? <laughs> and I was like, wow, because downtown is still a ghost town. There's nothing downtown. Okay. And yeah. the south side, not much is happening on the south side. Okay. But on the north side, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, hey, well, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, estimate probably about twenty percent of the people I saw on the street weren't wearing a mask, and uh, and all those people were millennials. Yeah. Well, I got. I'm going to tell you right now. When we go out to the pancake house, because there's some bets I can't remember who owes who what. Uh, when you, Monroe, and I get together, Monroe Anderson, uh, well, I'm wearing a mask. I'm just telling you that right now. I'm wearing a mask. I'm not, I got the shots. I'm still wearing a mask. I'll take the mask off when the food comes and I eat it, but I'm still wearing a mask. Uh -huh. uh, so, all right, let's get down to business. You're right. I agree with you. It's really difficult for me to take seriously the Oscars this year because I haven't literally seen these movies in a movie theater, which is where I believe movies should be seen. Yeah, and I haven't seen all of them either. You know, and it's like, and I don't know if you saw Bill Maher, you know, did a routine about this is the most lackluster, the most depressing list of movies of any year you can think of. <laughs> and who wants to see it? We're going to talk about them because when you go over these movies, you go like, <laughs> who wants to see this? Yeah. Okay, who wants to see The Father? <laughs> oh, God. Who wants to see No Man Land? <laughs> I've seen it. Oh. Sound of music. I mean, I mean, sound of metal. Oh, brother. 
the most grimmest <laughs> movies that nobody saw because they're basically mostly streaming. We're missing the. Why do you think yeah. Godzilla versus King Kong is doing so much money? Because uh, it's a movie that people really want to see, and people. This is my. I've always said, just what I saw when I was up the North Side like two weeks ago. People want to get back out again. People want to live again. Yeah, you know that. That's why I keep saying, um, I think the messaging was wrong when I hear people saying a third surge is coming. You know, uh, if you can just hold out <laughs> a couple more weeks, people. They say, How many times you got to hear? Oh, I got to wait a couple more weeks. I'm just said. I'm I'm just going out. <laughs> I don't care what happens. Yeah. It's worth it. I don't care. Yeah, you know. Um, the message is all up. And what happened today? Pritzker, I just saw the press conference today. Pritzker said, today, <laughs> you know, that surge looks like it's maybe not really happening the way people say. Well, I saw right? it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't say it like that, but that's exactly oh, what he Lord. said. But, you know, yeah. it wasn't going to really happen. All right. So, that way, you know what? I'm going to go to Best Picture since you named them already. I'm going to here. There are eight nominees. Yeah. The Father, Judas and the Black <laughs> oh, Messiah, boy. Mank, Minari. Go ahead. Minari, Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of Chicago 7. We actually did a whole show on The Trial of Chicago well, 7. Yeah, we did. Uh, it's actually a pretty popular uh, uh, show that we've done. I was very critical of it. Uh, Sergio was a little more uh, generous to it. Uh, all right. Which of those movies do you think? is most worthy of winning Best Picture. That is the saddest group of movies I've ever seen. I mean, a father, <laughs> a guy, you know, Anthony Hopkins playing a guy who has Alzheimer's. Mank, about Herman Mankiewicz, who wrote uh, Citizen Kane. Who cares? By the way, which was written by <laughs> David Fincher's father who wrote it years ago yeah. and Fincher was trying to get it made into a movie. And I think his father passed mm -hmm. away. It's like daddy issues. See, daddy, I'm going to get your film made. I'm going to get your script made honest. I'm going to get it made. Aren't you proud of me now? Aren't you proud of me now? Okay. <laughs> you know, it's, no, that's, that's okay. Um, Minari. Oh, sorry here. Minari. Minari. No, about an Asian family that moves south and then the, the, the house burns down. And the grandmother has a stroke. Oh, promising one young woman is awful. It is awful. It is, <laughs> it's a horrible picture with a terrible ending that makes no sense. This thing got nominated. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm like, totally with you. Found the metal. Uh, a musician who goes deaf. Shoot me now, okay? I mean, <laughs> No man, lad. Okay, I'm gonna hang around homeless people in caravans around the country. Oh God, Ugh, Jesus. Okay, what I think the movie I think that should win, I think, is Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay, if if I had to pick one, that's the film we'll pick. I think should try Chicago Seven is gonna win. Oh God! So if you're in Vegas, put the money on Chicago. That's a joke. The movie was so inaccurate. I know. I just, and I know. Oh, I know what you're going to say. They weren't standing. Ben, it's a movie. And all that stuff. No, I just, no. It just, no. It, it, uh, the ending of that movie is such an insult to what happened in the actual real life I know. of the Chicago 7. And it, it's just hard for me to take. I'm sorry. 
I know. I, I, I you know. I'm looking at this list, and I think you're right. <laughs> I think the Trump because it's like sort of like an anti-Trump movie, so they'll give it to it. I, well, I'm, af- know, I'm afraid I, I that have, you're right. I have problems with Trial of Chicago. I mean, I'm sorry. I have problems with Judas and, and the Black Messiah. First of all, first shot in the movie. I said that's not Chicago. I can tell it's not Chicago. Yeah. You shot in yeah. Cleveland. It doesn't look anything like Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I go like, this is not, what did he shoot this thing? It was shot in Cleveland. It was. And I go like, okay, try Chicago 7. He actually did shoot it, some of it in Chicago, even though the whole topography is screwed up. Wait a minute. They're walking down Plymouth Avenue. <laughs> they turn the corner. They're, they're now Grant Park. And, they, and I'll never forgive them for, you know what I'm coming with. I'll never forgive them for Yes, you yeah, can send a park. donation <laughs> to our office at 28 East Jackson in High Park. Okay. I will never <laughs> forgive them for that. Okay. Get a map. Okay. Uh, uh, but but the actual but, but the riot was yeah. actually shot in Grand Park. I said, oh, that is Grand Park. Uh, well. Okay. <laughs> So it should win the award just for that. No, but <laughs> you're right. I, I, there, I'm looking at this list, and the only movie it's hard to say I enjoyed Judas and the Black Messiah because it's a very depressing <laughs> movie. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's about the murder of a potentially great leader in the black community by yeah. the FBI and the Chicago Public. Chicago police, by the way, and they totally give the Chicago police a pass. They lead you to believe. Oh, and they don't even mention Edward Hammerhand. He was gunned down. Yeah, they don't. Ma- I'm telling you. So they don't mention. When, I, I don't know. It's, it's nitpicking. Oh, people always get irritated at me when I nit when I start pointing out the factual inaccuracies in historical movies. But that's pretty big. You know, I, I, I mean, Sergio and I are the same exact age. Went to high school the same exact time. We were both following it. He was following from Hyde Park. I was following from Evanston. We all know what went down when Fred Hampton was killed in 1969. And it was Mayor Daly and Edra Hanrahan, the state's attorney for Cook County, up to their eyeballs in this stuff. But they lead that out. And so now Chicagoans are even more clueless than they were already were, Sergio. So I, I'm with, but it's yeah, still was, of this list. Who, yeah. Yeah, you're there. Go ahead. You were talking to a friend of yours. What? Oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, of this list, what? Sorry. No, I was saying of this list, in this list, I'd say Judas and the Black Messiah is the most accomplished. Although I, I uh, for personal reasons, really enjoyed Minari. Uh, many, 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 many years ago, my father uh, and his immigrant family moved to Arkansas, uh, just like that uh, the Korean-American family in the movie uh, and I know he had experiences like the little boy, so I kind of can relate on that level, uh, just from stories that I've heard in the family. All right, let's move on now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, that is a hilarious best actor, Riz Ahmad, uh, sound of metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's black bottom, uh, Anthony Hopkins and the father, Gary Oldham in Mank, and Stephen Young for minority. Uh, who do you think deserves it? Who do you think will win it? Uh, best actor. Most almost everybody will say it's going to go to Chadwick Boseman, um, because it's kind of like an obvious pick. Um, uh, 
you know, he passed away and all that stuff. And he's really good in the film. Though I, I heard a couple days ago that Anthony Hopkins may give him a run for his money. A lot of people seem to like his performance. And he just won the BAFTA Award, which is the British Academy Awards, for Best Actor for the same, for the same role. So it's either going to be one of them. If I, if I had, I still think Chadwick Boseman's going to get in. And if, if I, okay, let me put it to you this way. Uh, of this list, I would give it to him. But if I would give it to anybody, I would have given it to Delroy Lindo. Should have been nominated. Absolutely. Uh, that is um, you know. Delroy Lindo. Uh, we had, we just talked about the five bloods. We, we did a whole special show on the five bloods, uh, Sergio right. and I were talking about Spike Lee movies and that came out in the summer. I want to kind of, time is blurred. I couldn't believe it. Everybody was praising Delroy Lindo and then all of a sudden they forgot, May, that people just forgot that he was so good, uh, as the brain addled war veteran. He was, I mean. That that happens. He was the guy. Everybody said this is the guy to beat. He's got it. Yeah. He didn't get a nomination in any for any award. And I saw an interview with him, and he said, "That's the way of the business, right? You know, they tell you you're wonderful, you're wonderful. Then the next moment they forget about you." I mean, he was even philosophic about it, philosophical about it. Um, but he had it at that time. And it went away. Um, I would tell you somebody else who I would have given a nomination to. Uh, Tom Hanks for News of the World. He gave an amazing performance in that movie. Absolutely. Truly amazing performance. Amazing performance. I just saw that movie last week. I regret that I didn't see it on the big screen. I st- I watched it on the my well, boob you know, tube. Universal Blue, they should have they should have held on to that movie and released it later this year in theaters. That film should have it did play in some theaters. That film should have played in theaters first mm-hmm. because visually it did it did get a nomination for best cinematography. It is beautifully shot, and the girl is amazing. That little girl mm-hmm. who's German. Yeah. Yeah. She's a she's German, you know. Um, yeah. That's an incredible picture. And I said they should have held on to this film. And it's a movie that you really should see on the big screen. Yeah, I think it it should have been one of the best picture nominees. Could, yeah, it should have been right. It should have been. And it's not you depressing. Know. It's not depressing. Sort of uplifting. At, at the end of the movie, no, actually, it's got a real feel good ending at the movie. Yeah. At the end, you know, yeah, it's it almost. Yeah, it's it's a terrific movie, folks. It's a terrific film. It really is. Please, and, and it does it have overlap to today. Uh, yeah, it does have overlap. I don't want to give too much of it away, but it, there is overlap. It talks about uh, Texas uh, in the years after the Civil War when it was occupied by uh, the Blue Coats, the victorious Union Army, and most of the people, the men, had served in the Confederate Army. Uh, so it's it's got some overlap. You know, if you think of in terms of like in just grand general themes, MAGA America today acting as though they're an occupied country with Joe Biden as their president. Uh, so it um, it's definitely a, a movie that works both as sort of a parable uh, with today and <clears throat> historical. Uh, I'm with you, Chadwick Boseman. If he doesn't win it, it's an outrage. 
his performance is sensational, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, and uh, he died, of course. The, the fact that he was able to make that movie while he was battling cancer, and you could see he was very thin, uh, is amazing in and of itself. There's nobody else. on. Don't get me started about British actors playing the roles of Americans, but Gary Oldham and uh, Mank, ridiculous. You couldn't find an American to play an old guy, an old American. Sorry, Sergio. I know you think I sound like Donald Trump on this, but I just think it's ridiculous, the obsession that American movie ma act makers have with British actors. Well, it's getting carried you, away you know, here. You bring, you bring up another touchy point. You bring another touchy point about black British actors playing African-Americans. Uh, that is a subject matter that increasingly has become more and more controversial. And um, you, who's this actress named? Uh, um, Cynthia Erivo. She's played. Yeah. Now she's she, she played um, Harriet Tubman, and then there was this cable series where she played Aretha Franklin. Yeah. And people are saying, "Are you kidding me?" Right. Now, um, somebody made a comment, which I have to agree with. I definitely have to agree with, uh, saying that the reason why the acting in Ma Ramey's Black Bottom was so good was because the entire cast were African-Americans. Yes. And I said, you know, he's got a point. Because in a way, you have to have lived it or experienced it to really get into the parts. You have to know what it's like to be a black person in America or a black artist in a, uh, an uh, African-American black artist in America who's exploited, okay? If you're a British actor, okay, you may get the voice right. Technically, it may be a fine performance, but you haven't lived it. And, and by the way, more often than not, you don't have the voice right. And and you 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 specified black actors. I'm with you 100 percent on that. But I'm just talking across the board. Gary Oldham is not a black actor. He's a white man, and he's playing in Mank, uh, Herman Mankiewicz. And I'll just say right now, you could have found a white American in his 60s to play that role. <laughs> okay, there's tons of them out there. You have to go across the pond. Now, when you get to the subset of what's happening with black actors. This next category is the one that really irritates me, Sergio. You could not find a black man from Chicago to play the role of Fred Hampton. I'm sorry. I'm Fred Hampton. Okay. I know. I know. Yeah. You had to go across the pond to find someone who could play Fred Hampton. And he comes back and he's God bless him. He goes, Oh, I really learned a lot. I listened. You got guys in Chicago who grew up. Hearing about Fred Hampton. Come on, Sergio. It's a joke. There's a million. I know. Not I a million. Know. There's I dozens know. of black actors in Chicago who could have played that role. Well, you know, actually, I was, when I was playing at the Bard and I was off of the role of Fred Hampton, I, <laughs> I had to do my research because I <laughs> didn't quite know who he was. And I found it quite fascinating, you know? Uh, <laughs> Between, uh, you know, I read the script uh, between uh, doing Ibsen uh, at the uh, National Theater. So, <laughs> okay. No, but it, it is kind of a joke just like that. And, and listen, you know, 
Uh, and then it's weird because in the movie, Lakeith Stanfield, who is uh, African-American, and he plays the role of the um, the snitch, the rat. I don't want to give too much of the movie away. Right. He's, for some reason, he carries that movie. It's really a movie about his anguish and guilt. Uh, as yeah, because it is. He's, he's the centerpiece of the movie, right, right. Yes. So for some reason, Hollywood is so weird. They make him the supporting actor. It's like, they, well, it's complicated. Isn't Fred Hampton the guy that gets killed? I think we'll put <laughs> Hollywood, man. I don't get it. I don't know why. Listen, let's give it to Lakeith. How about this? Lakeith Stanfield should win Best Supporting Actor. Uh, he's up against Sasha well, Baron well, Cohen. Here's the thing. He and Daniel Kalula were both nominated. Yeah. Which doesn't really make sense. Uh, because technically, one's got to be the lead, and he is the lead. He is Judas. Yeah. In the it's Judas and the Black Messiah. He is technically the lead. Why he was pushed as best supporting actor doesn't make sense. And then they kind of cancel each other out, so somebody else will wind up getting it. I, I, it's it's bizarre, you know. I think um, it's going to go to Sacha Cohen. Probably, it's probably going to go to him. Probably is going to go to him, you know. I would give it to Keith Stanfield, even though I thought Cohen was really good as uh, as Abby Hoffman. I thought it was really good. I thought he really captured like the spirit of Hoffman, or at least the Hoffman I remember on TV. Okay. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm with you. It's it was my favorite him. His portrayal of Hoffman was my favorite part of that movie, and I was a huge Abby Hoffman fan back in the day. So I'm with you. Because he was uh, the, uh, not... sort of like clown, clown, the clown prince of that whole movement, right? Um, There's an interview. I, I urge you to check it out. Studs Terkel did an interview years, I think it was like the 20th year anniversary of the Chicago 7 trial. And he had Bobby Seale, David Dellinger, and Abby Hoffman in the studio with him, Studs Terkel. So you can find it in his archives. And uh, as a Chicago guy, Sergio, you would love this. Abby Hoffman, in my opinion, every time he talked, the interview took off. You know what I'm saying? It, uh, David Dellinger, I didn't, mm -hmm. wasn't it, as interesting as Abby Hoffman. And Bobby Seale was kind of, um, uh, he was soft-spoken in a way that I, he was almost shy. But Abby Hoffman, what a character. You're right. Uh, the clown prince wasn't afraid to make jokes. And, uh, and he dedicated his life to uh, his activism. So uh, I'm with you. Do you remember I, I think, when yeah. do, do you remember when he was on? It's funny. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I sure remember what happened like a thousand years ago. Okay. Hmm. He was on Merv Griffin. I think it was. Yeah. Yes. Merv Griffin yep. had a late Griffin. night TV mm -hmm. show. Okay, and he had on Abby Hoffman as his guest. Okay, so Abby Half Hoffman comes on the show, and you know, um, Griffin was on the right of the screen behind his desk, and Hoffman was sitting in a chair next to the desk on the left, and Hoffman is wearing a jacket. And he says, hey, you want to see my new shirt? And he took off his jacket, and the left screen went black. <laughs> CBS, it was CBS. They blacked out the screen. 
And I remember watching this as a kid, and I'm going like, and the artists were like, woo! And I go like, what? What was he wearing? Okay? It came out that he wore a shirt of the made from the American flag. Yeah. And which he which Cohen wears in the movie. There's a shot where he's wearing that shirt, right? But CBS, the censors thought it was so offensive, they actually blacked out that part of the screen when Abby Hoffman was on. And I remembered it like it was yesterday. You know, funny how how weird things were back then. Yeah. No, they are very bizarre. By the way, Merv Griffin uh, had quite a few good interviews. You know, there's some John Lennon interviews, Woody Allen interviews. uh, Who else am I thinking of? Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I I spent a lot of time, I make this confession all the time, uh, Sergio, uh, killing time, going back uh, on YouTube and looking at old 60s and 70s stuff. I'm really like, I have a whole obsession with Johnny Carson. Uh, But uh, Merv Griffin's had a few. He had a a Yoko Ono and John Lennon interview that's really... um, Top notch, well, but know, I definitely remember Dick the Abbey Hall. You know, we had Dick Cavett at two years ago at the Black Horse Film Festival for his, you know, that documentary about his friendship with Muhammad Ali. And Dick Cavett came, you know, and that was, of all the people, I would never thought it would be at Black Horse, it'd be Dick Cavett. And Dick Cavett <laughs> came, he was wonderful. And the people Did came you interview like everywhere to see Dick Cavett, you know? No, I wanted to. Unfortunately, they got some sports guy from a network, and from understand it was terrible. I, I definitely, oh, okay. I definitely wanted to interview Cavic. I had a thousand questions to ask him. Um, you know, I, I tell you, we're going to list out the subject. One of the shows I love to watch on YouTube is What's My Line? Oh, yeah, what's my, <laughs> what's my line? Yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. If you don't know what What's My Line it was, it was a show in which somebody came on the show. You had like celebrity, um, celebrity guests. If there, there were some regulars like Arlene Francis and Bennett Sirk, yes. you know, and someone would come on and he had a really unusual job. Like they designed brassiers or they ran a nudist colony or uh, they were a beekeeper and they had to guess what the person did by asking yes and no questions, right? And always at the end, they will have a celebrity guest, surprise, mystery guest. So the um, the people had to um, blindfold themselves and guess who the person was. And because a lot of times, mm-hmm. because the person is so famous, had a really distinctive voice, they had to try to hide their voice, okay? Uh, but you'll be surprised who some of the mystery guests are. Once it was... Frank Lloyd Wright. Wow, Frank Lloyd Wright. Another time it was Eleanor Roosevelt. They had really unusual people. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's and amazing. Was, I didn't know and, about and, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. One thing I always noticed is that on those shows, um, since it was late night, um, the contestants always wore cocktail clothes. Like the men wore tuxedos <laughs> and the women yeah. wore evening gowns because it was like, it, it, trying to give the illusion of a after party, uh, after party game, like in a penthouse on Fifth Avenue. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> I watch that stuff. I go like, the, I know, but I just think about the young Sergio Mims in Hyde Park <laughs> watching this thing. <laughs> 
Oh, Lord, that's hilarious in the 1960s. Let's move on to Best Actress. I think we can all agree that Viola Davis should win it. And Yeah, you probably don't get it. I know there was a lot of talk about Francis McDormand for No Man Land. Um, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. No, forget it. That film is is (laughs) dropped. It's awful. And you heard she got mad at some critic who criticized the casting of her, saying that you know, she, she okay. Basically, he uh, said, well, he, okay. she, by the way, I'm going back to the theme. Carrie Mulligan is British once again, right. she, and in this movie, she plays an American. Uh, she plays I, an American, right? Once again, once again, you couldn't find a 25 year old American actress, you know, to play this. You no, know, no, it's got to be a British. You know, uh, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. I don't know who she is. I don't know what the I don't know what the film is. They were really desperate. Anita Day, who plays um, Andra Day, Billie Holiday, Andra Day. Sorry, yeah. Anita Day actually is a jazz singer, right? Uh, Andra Day uh, plays uh, Billie Holiday, United States versus Billie Holiday. I haven't seen that yet. I hear it's good. Well, no, let me take that back. I've heard mixed things about it. I've heard she's good. And she is American. So there you go. There you go. Oh, but yeah, it's going to be Viola Davis. It's going to be Viola Davis. Yeah, I, I hope sure. so. I love Viola Davis. She's great. Uh, in that quickly, movie. since we talked about since we talked about best supporting actor, let's let's go into best supporting actress. Um yes. Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, you gotta be kidding me. Everybody, that's kind of one of the worst movies. Everybody talked about how bad that film is. Um, forget it, you know. Olivia Coleman for The Father. What she's got an Oscar already, you know. Yeah. So you're gonna give her another Oscar for best. She won for best actress. Forget it, you know. She, you got an Oscar. Amanda Seyfield for Mank. Who cares? Uh, Yoon uh, Jun Jung for Minari. No. I would like, I think it's going to be Maria Bakalova. I think she's going to get it. I hope she gets from it. For Borat. It, mm-hmm. For Borat. That, that, was, that was insane. And uh, <laughs> the things she does in that movie are really way off the top. But she's great and she's convincing in anybody who, who can make a fool out of Rudy Giuliani. Deserves every award she can get. Yeah, uh, I'm so, with you. Uh, that's yeah, and and that's a, a good a place to close it because I'm with you absolutely. That scene uh, with uh, Rudolph uh, Rudy Giuliani in the hotel room is uh, so worth watching. The guy, I don't care what cockamamie explanation he comes up with, uh, but he was about to tr- do something really perverted because. He was uh, <laughs> taken in, <laughs> taken in. You figure people would be on the Borat by now, but no, no, Rudy Giuliani fell for it. And uh, so I enjoyed Borat. We did a whole special show on Borat. I urge everybody to check that out. Uh, and um, both of us like Borat. Uh, it's a and, funny, uh, I'm with you 100 Funny movie. Yeah. yeah. And it, it helped. It helped because it came in the middle. It came out. 
uh, Donald Trump was feeling so strong back then, and there were a lot of people predicting that he would win. Of course, Sergio was not one of them. Sergio predicted that Joe Biden would win. Sergio stayed with that prediction all year long. He went so far. We were just talking about this the other day. He went so far as to predict that Joe Biden would win Utah. We, doesn't really like to talk about that that much. I think that's why he owes me breakfast at the uh, pay. Okay, house, I was wrong there. <laughs> I was wrong there. Okay. You weren't as bad wrong. as Monroe who predicted Alabama. Unlike Monroe Anderson, unlike Monroe Anderson, yeah. who's wrong all the time. Okay, so <laughs> and a belated happy birthday to Monroe Anderson, by the way. Yes, yes, happy birthday, Gary Indiana's finest. Moreau Anderson uh, turned something around. That's right. Gary Nance. He's older than, he's old, yes, he's older than Sergio and myself, by the way. All right, Sergio, uh, yeah, I recorded your uh, predictions. We're going to hold you. I'm going to go to Vegas as soon as I can, put the money down, and then uh, I'll be a rich man based on your predictions. All right? All right. Very good. That's <laughs> well, great. Sergio Vins. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody.